You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that am. Well, you know the drill, overslept, uh, short episode, etc., etc. Let's get started, because this time, I mean it. Um, I, I, um, <laughs> I'm so just... It's like I'm I'm trying to say we're I've had to restart the intro three times because I'm just trying to say things and my brain's like, hold on, just just stop. Stop a second. Sometimes my dog gets hyper. Um he'll be like chained up in the backyard, which we is why we don't do it anymore. Um he just freaks out and he'll just full sprint and like rip his own head off, basically. And it's like, why did you do that? And he won't, he'll just keep doing it. Like, oh, you think that was crazy? Check this out. And he just does it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, like trying to strangle himself. That's what my brain's doing. My brain is the leash, and me doing the podcast is like that dog just trying to sprint. It's like a greyhound out of the gate, just trying to go. But there's a leash around my neck. What I was trying to say is that I would like to add a little something to the podcast. I understand it's obnoxious, but I'm, it seriously feels necessary right now. And that is a daily trivia thing. The problem with that is I'm probably going to forget to do this starting tomorrow. But anyways, um, there's just there's so much data that I have access to, and um, I don't always know exactly what to do with it, but I figure one thing to do with it just have a short little segment of, hey, check this out. I'm also going to be feeding the guy who helps, one of the guys that helps me with my social media, Facebook and Twitter to be exact. Um, Not my Twitter, by the way. We have an official Packernet Twitter right now. I know. It's just another thing. So many things. Believe me, I know. There's a lot of things going on. But uh, he's doing a really good job making up graphics and stuff. He's been doing that for the Facebook page for a very long time. He's going to be doing that for Twitter. But one of the things he's going to be doing is, is the same thing. It's, it's um, statistical trivia or some kind of trivia or whatever. I don't know. Graphics, just graphics. But if you're interested in that, um, he'll be having even more. But I asked a question on Twitter. By the way, Aaron Rodgers won a thing. Congratulations. Anyways, moving on. The question was, trivia of the day. How many Packers players rushed for 150 or more yards in a game? Bonus points if you if for everyone you can name. The reason I thought this was kind of cool is, first of all, I'm so bad. My memory is terrible, as I've explained to you several times. So it just kind of names pop up that I never thought would be on this list. And I know there are some people that have steel trap for memories that are just like, oh, yeah, I knew this and this and this and this and this. But for people that are a little bit more like me, this is going to be a pretty fun 
um, thing because I'm going to be mentioning names that you haven't heard in a while, names that you never in a million years would have thought have been on this list. Um, It's also got a a history element to it, guys that I've never heard of. And then, then when you think about it, it's like this dude ran for 150 yards as a running back for the Green Bay Packers, and I don't know who this is. I should know who this is. I mean, th- this was like a 1950s Eddie Lacy or something, dude. Like, why, why do I not know this person? I feel like I should. But then there's also some uh, an element of perspective, and holy cow, is there some perspective in here. But let's just start at the bottom of the list here, starting with the guys that had accomplished this feat once and once only. By the way, I chose 150 because if you look, it's a fairly round number. If you go to 200, only one person's done it, which is trivia in and of itself, but we're going to answer that question today because that person is also on this list. And then if you look at um, 100-yard games, it's been done over 100 times, which probably isn't surprising. But starting in 1950, running back or RH, whatever that stands for, right hasher, right hanger, I don't know. I don't know. Billy Grimes. October 8th, 1950 at City Stadium against the New York Yanks. That's right, the New York Yanks. In a game in which we lost 44-31 to under head coach Gene Ronzani, Billy Grimes had 10 attempts for 167 yards and only somehow only one touchdown. His longest was 61 yards. I'm assuming that was his touchdown? I don't know. It's crazy he had a 61-yarder and still averaged almost 10 yards per attempt. Actually, it's more than 10 yards per attempt still. He also had one reception for 20 yards with some other guys. Uh, Tobin Rote, who was a name that I had not heard of until yesterday. I know, I, whatever. The guy I had heard of, however, Tony Canadeo, who I'm guessing was the uh, number one running back on the team. There were three guys that ran the ball because this is back in the day when you pretty much just ran the ball. But Canadeo had uh, 12 attempts for only 43 yards. So Grimes was just having himself a freaking day. Next up, the only non-running back on this list, Tobin Rote. The very next year, quarterback Tobin Rote, 1951. And in glorious fashion, he did it against the Chicago Bears. We did end up losing the game as usual, but still did it against the Bears. Head coach Gene Ronzini against the George Hallis Chicago Bears. But Tobin um, passed the ball 33 times, completed 10 of them, (laughs) which I'm trying to picture that because... I couldn't play quarterback, but I feel like if I threw the ball 33 times and only completed 10, I'd be disappointed in myself. But, you know, I don't know. That uh, was for 88 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Passer rating, 24.7. Dude, Jordan Love would have crushed back then. <laughs> but he had 14 rushing attempts, so he ran the ball for more, or, and more than his completions. 14 attempts, 150 yards on the dot. No touchdowns, though. His longest was a 32-yard scamper. Next up is Howie Ferguson, again against the George Hallis Bears. This time we got the best of them. Head coach Lyle Blackburn, October 2nd, 1955, City Stadium. City Stadium, by the way, was in Green Bay, East uh, 1415 East Walnut Street, Green Bay, Wisconsin. But Howie Ferguson, 15 attempts, 153 yards. Again, just crushing that 10 yards per attempt day. 57 yards was his long. Also, no touchdowns. Touchdowns were super hard to come by, man. (laughs) It's just super tough. Mr. Tobin wrote, though, had himself a day. 30 attempts, 14 completions. So just blew his last one out of the water when he had 13. 
but two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also ran for a touchdown. 1961, Tom Moore against the Minnesota Vikings. I love that this keeps happening against the rivals. Uh, We absolutely smashed them. Uh, Head coach Vince Lombardi against uh, the Norm Van Brocklin Minnesota Vikings. We ended up winning 33-7. Again, kind of crazy. You got got a bunch of other stars on the team here, but uh, unheralded Tom Moore had the most rushing attempts. 16 attempts, 159 yards. Jim Taylor had 14 attempts and 46 yards plus a touchdown. On top of Paul Horning, uh, two attempts, 17 yards. I'm thinking this is when they were still just trying to figure this thing out. I don't know. But the Packers did go on to win the Super Bowl this year, 1961. This was against the New York Giants, 37-0 to in that game. But then, at least as far as people with only uh, one rushing attempt, you got to go all the way to 1998 and Derek Holmes. November 29th, 1998, Mike Holmgren, head coach, up against the Ray Rhodes Philadelphia Eagles. That's funny. This was at Lambeau Field. But, um, yeah, William Henderson and Dorsey Levins were there. There must have been injuries. Dorsey Levins must have gone out. I'm not sure. But Levins was six attempts, six yards. William Henderson, three attempts, eight yards. Derek Holmes, 26 attempts, 163 yards. 13 yards was his long. So, obviously, this was mostly just a, uh, a volume thing. But again, no touchdowns. He also added five targets, five receptions, 53 yards. 24 yards was his longest. Also no touchdowns there. So he had over 200 scrimmage yards, no touchdowns. Brett Favre was uh, 20 of 33. That's how you do it, Tobin. Kind of. 321 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions in Brett Favre fashion. Packers won that game 24-16. Then fast forward to 2004 and Najee Davenport. Now we're getting to stuff that I remember. Not that I don't remember the 90s, but I don't remember that guy. But now I now we're getting to the part where I recognize obscure guys. So November 29th, this is uh sort of been my birthday game. It's not on my birthday, but you know, it's just it's whatever game is closest I deem my birthday game. But the Mike Sherman Packers again at Lambeau. I feel like these are all home games. Uh Packers won 45-17 over the Rams. Najee Davenport, 19 attempts, 178 yards, one touchdown, added one target, one reception for eight yards. Brett Favre, 18 of 27, 215 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 127.9 passer rating. Just crushed the Rams. The very next year, 2005, another relatively obscure guy, but a relatively popular guy, Sam Congato. Um, not a particularly fantastic year. Mike Sherman went 3-10 and 10 this year. We did beat the Lions. Uh, again, this is at Lambeau Field. Again, this is against a rival. But we beat the Lions 16-13. I wonder if this is the last time we were last in the division. Just curious. Just assuming we were last in the division, being one game behind the Lions at four wins. But anyways, Sam Congato, 29 attempts, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Also added uh, one reception for nine yards. Two years later... Mr. Ryan Grant, obviously not a uh, obscure running back at all, against the Oakland Raiders, uh, December 9th. These are also very commonly late season games. December 9th, again at Lambeau Field, 38-7 to against the Oakland Raiders. Absolutely smashed them. Ryan Grant, 29 attempts, 156 yards and one touchdown, added two receptions for six yards. This obviously was the Mike McCarthy Packers. We went 11-2 and this year. Don't need to worry about what happened in the playoffs. You already know. Then we got to fast forward a little bit to one of my favorite all-time Green Bay Packers, Mr. Eddie Lacy. You know, when I asked the question, not a lot of people actually guessed Eddie Lacy, which um, is kind of sad. I mean, I get it because, you know, whatever. But come on, man. We had more people guessing Sam Congato than Eddie Lacy. 
but again against a rival, again late in the season, Monday, November 4th, again at home at Lambeau Field against the Chicago Bears. The Mike McCarthy versus Mark Tressman battle. Oh, I see the record is where they were at the time, so I probably was way off on that 2005 thing. But anyways, I was going to say 5-3. and three. What is this, 1950 again? Anyways, we lost the game. It's fun to look at this stuff, though. You got this was a by the way. This is a Seneca Wallace game, which kind of explains uh, leaning heavily on Eddie Lacy. So Aaron Rodgers, two attempts, one completion, twenty-seven yards. Seneca Wallace steps in, nineteen attempts, eleven completions, one hundred fourteen yards, and a pick. Eddie Lacy, not that big of a workload, but twenty-two attempts, one hundred fifty yards, just putting the team on his back. One touchdown. James Starks added six attempts for forty yards and a touchdown. See, this is this is when it gets fun. Just looking at these. I mean, even just looking at the Bears. I mean, this was this is when the Bears were pretty legit, man. I mean, we we always worked over the Bears, but they had some good teams. I pick on them now, but it's not just because I don't like the Bears. I'm being honest, right? Just like I'm being honest when I give credit to the Lions, the little bit that I do when I give credit to the Vikings, where they're good. But the Bears had had a team, dude. They had. I mean, they had legit stars: Matt Forte, Julius Peppers. This might not have been their peak, but man, they had some guys for a long time. And then the final guy with just one game, surprisingly to many, but again, the, the guys with good memories, they knew it, but 2016, Ty Montgomery. Again, late in the season, again against a rival, but this time in Soldier Field, which makes it somehow even sweeter. Packers did go on to win this game 30-27, to December 18th. Ty Montgomery, only 16 attempts, but 162 yards, 10 yards per carry. He added two touchdowns on top of that, um, had two receptions for one yard. But uh, with Rodgers only having 19 completions and 252 yards, no touchdowns, kind of was a uh, Ty Montgomery putting the team on his back kind of a game and uh, barely got out of there with the win, 30-27. to 27. Now we start to get into the the guys with multiple 150-yard games. And again, this is kind of where perspective comes in, where you start to really respect some, some of these guys. Because, I mean, that that's a good list. If nothing else, Ryan Grant and Eddie Lacy were good running backs. Lacy didn't play for a very long time for the Packers, but still, th- those guys are great backs. One of the guys with two games, Dorsey Levens. Probably not super surprising. His first was against the Dallas Cowboys, in which the Packers, the Mike Holmgren Packers, absolutely smashed the Barry Switzer Dallas Cowboys 45 to 17. Again, Lambeau Field, November 23rd, 1997. Again, one of those things that you look at and go, geez, I didn't know how cool this was. This was a Brett Favre versus Troy Aikman game. You got Emmett Smith on the other side, you got Michael Irvin on the other side. And over here, you got Brett Favre, Dorsey Levins, Antonio Freeman, Mark Chimura, Robert Brooks. But Favre, 203 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Dorsey Levin's 33 attempts, which is a massive amount, 190 yards, nearly 200. I think that's the highest we've said so far. Added a touchdown, plus four receptions, 17 yards, and a receiving touchdown. So just a massive day for Levin's. Nobody else did much of anything at all. I mean, Antonio Freeman, 56 yards and a touchdown was the next biggest statistical day. So this was entirely Dorsey Levin's just embarrassing the Dallas Cowboys. Next game, unfortunately, was a loss. Uh, this came, uh, let's see, this was in Pontiac Silverdome against the Detroit Lions, September 19th. So everything about this is wrong, aside from the fact where this is the uh, against the Lions. But this was the Ray, Road, Ray Rhodes Green Bay Packers up against the Bobby Ross Detroit Lions. We lost 15-23. to 23. But Dorsey Levin's 29 attempts, 153 yards, and a touchdown added four receptions for 53 yards. 
So, I mean, with Dorsey Levins, it makes sense because Levins was a great running back for a pretty long period of time, and it sounds like he really got workhorse workloads at times. Uh, The other guy with two so far, Aaron Jones, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, we we know Aaron Jones is great, but when you kind of put him into tiers, not that 150-yard games is the ultimate metric, but you put him up there and say he's not quite where a lot of the top guys are and probably will never get there because that would be impossible unless he just rips up this year, gets 150 yards in 50% of these games. But but he's already, he's like, he's Dorsey Levin's tier. He's the, he's the 2000s version of Dorsey Levin's, 2010s version, whatever. And I'm fine with that. I think he should be fine with that because that's a compliment. Both of these games against division rivals, once against the Minnesota Vikings, it really is staggering how many times this has been. I mean, when you consider how many other opponents we play, I know we play division rivals more than anybody else, but division rivals compared to the entire NFL, it's significantly less. So it's, it is pretty surprising. 23-10 victory over the Mike Zimmer Minnesota Vikings, December 23rd, 2019 at U.S. Bank Stadium. Rodgers threw for 216 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. So Aaron Jones putting the team on his back, 23 attempts, 154 yards and two touchdowns, added two receptions for six yards. Jamal Williams also had six carries for 33 yards, so he was doing he was doing fine. Devontae Adams also 116 yards, no surprise. Then you got an early September 20th game, but again against the Detroit Lions and again at Lambeau Field. The victory, 42-21, to Matt LaFleur over Matt Patricia. Rodgers, 240 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, only 18 carries, 168 yards, two touchdowns. That's, that's the other cool thing about Aaron Jones. He's never been a 25, 30 carry guy. So if he's cracking 150 yards, it's not because of volume. I mean, volume for him is 22 carries. That's a big day for Aaron Jones. Jamal added eight carries for 63 yards. And again, I just, you know, looking at this, oh, by the way, A.J. Dillon was in this one, five attempts for 17 yards. You know, five, ten years from now, we're going to look back on this and be like, dude, you remember Aaron Jones and Jamal? Do you remember Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Dude, we had something awesome. That's why I keep telling you, really appreciate the guys you got while you got them. Because we're already at the point where it's like, dude, you remember Devontae? Which because, you know, he's gone. Anyways, um, now we are to the, uh, the the big boys. the The top two by far, and this is where... I think, for me anyways, I never really fully appreciated how good the top guys were. Again, I know 150 yards um, isn't the be-all, end-all, but this kind of puts into perspective if this is any indication of how much separation there is from the top guys to the rest of the group. um, It's pretty massive. So again, everybody else had one, two guys had two, and that's Dorsey Levins and Aaron Jones, and we know how far separated, how much better those guys are than everybody else. Next on the list, Jim Taylor, seven times. Seven times. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time because it's going to take forever if I go through all the details, but 1960, he did it against San Francisco. We won. Th- we actually won all of these games except one we tied. Uh, we beat the 49ers 13-0. to zero. He had 27 attempts for 161 yards, six yards per attempt. 1961, he did it twice. Once against Cleveland, we won 49-17. Uh, 21 attempts, 158 yards, 7.5 yards per attempt, and four touchdowns. Then 1961 against the New York Giants, we won 20 to 17. He had 27 attempts, 186 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt. The next year, 1962, he did it three times. So, Jim Taylor has more 150-yard games in one year 
than every Packer except one has in their entire careers. And this is back in the 60s when they didn't play quite as many games. Beat the Minnesota Vikings 48-21, to 17 attempts, 164 yards, 9.6 yards per attempt. In, uh, let's see, October 21st against San Francisco, 31-13 to 13 victory, 17 attempts, 160 yards, 9.4 yards per attempt, and two touchdowns. 19 takes 62 against the Rams, 20 to 17 victory, 23 attempts, 156 yards, 6.8 yards per attempt. And then finally, 1964, again against the Rams, this time was a 24-24 tie, 17 attempts, 165 yards, 9.7 yards per attempt, and one touchdown. And then finally, the, uh, the guy that does not get nearly as much appreciation, apparently, as he should... Um, and it's, it's funny because, and, and this is from a Packer fan who loved the nineties, all that I always loved this guy. No question about it. I knew he was good. I don't think I recognized the, the separation though. And it's funny. And I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is, this is sounding blasphemous, but I'm just honest on the podcast. It's what I do. When I see top running backs of all time, and I see this guy's name on it. My first thought is, I don't think any Packer should be on this list. We just don't do running backs very well. And maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, but clearly I don't appreciate this guy enough. Amon Green, 12 times. Now, he had a 12-year career, which is a long career, but I don't care. Nobody, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know how, how many years Sam Congato played, <laughs> but nobody, generally speaking, averaged once per year. Even Jim Taylor played 10 years. But ripping through uh, Amon Green's 12 different times uh, started, and this was, this was just between 2000 and 2004, which is even crazier. That stretch for him, holy cow. Twice in 2000, once against Indy, uh, 153 yards, 6.4 yards per attempt. Once against Minnesota, 161 yards, 6.4 yards per attempt. In uh, 2001, he did it three times against Detroit, 157 yards, 9.2 yards per attempt at two touchdowns. We'll forget the yards per attempt thing. You can do the math in your, by yourself. Um, November against Tampa, 169 yards and a touchdown. Uh, December against Cleveland, 150 yards, no touchdowns. The next year, 2002, he did it once. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Because we've ripped through three years. We're about halfway. So you know one of these next two years is going to be massive, and it is. Um, against Atlanta, 155 yards. No touchdowns. 2003, one, two, three, four, five times. Five times. I got to go back to 2003. 2003, I'm on green. Freaking untouchable. Holy cow. Against Detroit, 160 yards and a touchdown. Against Chicago, 176 yards, two touchdowns. Against Philly, 192 yards and a touchdown. Against San Francisco, 154 yards. And then finally, the piece de resistance against Denver, 218 yards, two touchdowns in 2003 to cap off the greatest running back. I know the historians are going to be mad. Jim Taylor's better. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not a historian. I'm just starting off here. So this is where I'm going with it. The greatest running back, the greatest running back year, and the greatest ever performance by a running back, Amon Green, the only one to ever crack 200 yards, and that was on 20 attempts. It's not like he had 40 attempts. This is on 20 attempts. Can you imagine averaging over 10 yards per carry over 20 attempts? 10.9 yards per attempt, two touchdowns. That was his highest yards per attempt in, in this, you know, stretch. I don't know, maybe games under 150 yards he did it. 
And then finally, 2004, he also had 10.9 yards per attempt, tying that. Against Dallas, 163 yards and two touchdowns. Third round pick, 76 overall, Amon Green. Nowhere near as much appreciation. Not for me, anyways. Maybe you do. I don't. In my mind, Amon Green, Aaron Jones, same thing. Same level of awesome. And I'm looking at this going, dude, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. Never. No. Which is crazy, because Aaron Jones right now is one of the best running backs in football, so good lord. And again, you could say, well, well, Aaron Jones doesn't get that many attempts. He's a smaller guy. That's why. Look at these attempts. This is not a massive amount of attempts. This looks like Aaron Jones, 15, 17, 19, 20, 21, 23, 24, 24, 25. He had three over 25, 27, 27, 29. Four of these games were 20 or less carries with just massive yards per attempt games. So anyways, trivia, I thought trivia would be five minutes. It took 25 minutes, but that's fine. Um, We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm already out of time, but let me rip through a bunch of other uh, things really, really quickly. NFL news, uh, Madden got himself on the cover, which is uh, pretty fantastic. So it's good to see. I guess they're going to have three different covers that they're going to rotate. But uh, John Madden, 112-39-7 record, zero losing seasons, eight playoff appearances, seven division titles, seven AFL-AFC championship game appearances, 1969 AFL Coach of the Year, 1967 AFL Champion, Super Bowl 11 champ, highest win percentage among coaches with 100-plus games coached. Matt LaFleur's got a long way before he gets to 100 games. He's only about halfway there, but so far, higher win-loss percentage. I don't actually think by the time he gets to 100, he'll have a higher win-loss percentage. To be able to maintain basically where he's at right now, I mean, he's got to stick up there with like, I mean, bare minimum 10 wins, but he's got to, he's got to hover in that 12-ish, 13-ish range for the next three years, which just seems not possible. Which again, really just goes to show you what John Madden did. Uh, Stefan Tuitt has retired of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I saw a bunch of people, JJ included, were talking about the the Steelers basically just saying, this was several days ago, about something entirely different, but um, talking about how they just don't have losing records, and so they're, I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to. I'm, I'm just going to chalk this up as the first. That is such a bad team, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, it's, it's bad. Um, don't want to beat a dead horse as far as the whole showing up thing. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be back soon and everything's going to be fine, but it's worth noting. I, I was going to do this thing with 
kind of giving perspective on that. I went through and looked at all the quarterbacks that didn't show up. There were four. Brady, Kyler, Rodgers, and Lamar. Kyler Murray and Lamar are in contract disputes, and Brady showed up like yesterday, leaving Aaron Rodgers as the only guy, the only quarterback in the entire NFL to go, meh, I don't feel like it. Again, I, it's, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here. It's just perspective. I also went through, there was this article of, of the stars, and you can put stars in quotations, because I think there are some other pretty big name guys that didn't show up for other teams like Chase Young. But on this list of stars, the only two guys that didn't show up for reasons other than contract disputes, a bunch of contract disputes, were Brady and Rodgers. And again, Brady did show up yesterday to OTAs. So it's really just to kind of dispel the whole, you know, there's a lot of people online that like to say, if your work wasn't mandatory, you wouldn't do it, you know, you'd be a liar or whatever. Basically just implying that it's silly to think anybody should do anything other than what's required of them. Going above and beyond is absurd. Nobody does it. Nobody ever would do it. Unless there's financial incentive, like direct consequences if you don't do it, nobody would or should do anything. Literally the entire NFL showed up for voluntary camp except a handful of guys. So maybe in your world that's true. In the NFL where people are competitive and want to be the best, uh, that's just not the environment that most of these guys live in. So again, just a little perspective on that. It's not like just rookies show up and nobody else does. Um, anyways, I, I don't know how much else I have time to get through here. Oh, Chris said this interesting, just out of the blue. He sent it to me. So out of the blue, I'm going to mention it on, on the old, uh, podcast here. Hot take Watson will not only be rookie of the year, but puts up one of the best all time rookie seasons, more than 1300 yards and more than 10 touchdowns. I'm not sure I'm hundred percent on board with that, but I dig it. And so I decided to look into it. More than 1,300 yards has been done five times. Not surprisingly, most of them were relatively recently. The oldest was Randy Moss back in 1998 with Minnesota, got 13, uh, 1,313 yards. Um, next would be Anquan Bolden in 2003, 1,377 yards. Then you got Odell Beckham in 2014, 1,305 yards. And then the last two years in a row are the only two years ever that I can see here in which a rookie got over uh, 1,400 yards. Justin Jefferson, 1,400 even. Again, it was ridiculous he didn't win Rookie of the Year. He basically broke a record for a rookie. And then the very next year, Jamar Chase breaks that record, 1,455 yards, the most ever for a rookie wide receiver. So remember what I was mentioning over the last couple years about how there's never going to be another bad wide receiver class, and this is just kind of the new norm and all that kind of stuff? That's the reason why I buy into these projections. Now, I don't buy into it because it's just unlikely that our guy is the guy, if if there even is a guy that does it again this year. And you know how the Packers are kind of like, well, let's just wait and see. And, 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 and. They're, they're less like other teams to maybe push other guys in there. So I don't know. But there is some precedent to say that that could happen. As far as uh, 10 touchdowns in the rookie season, I know he said greater than 10. Greater than 10, there were only nine. 10 or more, there were 15. Um, Sammy White in 1976, Daryl Turner 1984, Bill something or another in 1948, Calvin Ridley actually in 2018, Bucky Pope in 1964, and Alan Beals in 1946 all had 10. Uh, More than 10 rookie wide receivers. Mike Williams in 2010 had 11. Harlan Hill 1954 had 12. Bob Hayes 1965 had 12. Um, 
Mike Evans had 12 in 2014. Odell Beckham had 12 in 2014. John Jefferson in 1978 had 13. Billy Houghton, the only Green Bay Packer on this list, rookie wide receiver in 1952, had 13. And then Jamar Chase had uh, 13 in 2021. Randy Moss, 17 in 1998. So the touchdowns are a little bit more spread out, actually a lot more spread out. Not nearly as uh, much these days, but the the yards for sure are much more of a function of, a, of being recent. So... Anyways, I guess I'm going to leave it at that. Some of this other stuff we'll focus on uh, tomorrow, and I'll try to rip through a couple more of your questions as well. I didn't expect it to do more, but again, I'm short on time. So you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.